Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Good morning, Sandy. What'd you do yesterday? Oh, um, taught some yoga classes, talked to you, read a book, not a whole book, part of a book. It was nice. You know, I don't really know. I'm trying to think. I did stuff. Those like little things that don't really add up to anything. I did those things. Nice. <laughs> Sometimes that's awesome. Yeah. It's, we need those little things to be done, right? Yeah. So yeah. what do you want to talk about today? Um, we're going to talk about something that I, I don't actually know too much about, and I've never been to one of these classes, but maybe you have. We're talking about the mobility movement. Mm-hmm. And its Which relationship is, to yoga. Well, yeah, because everything for us is in relationship to our primary uh, drug of choice. Yeah. But I would say, like, as a teacher, you and I probably teach a little bit more um, not like, not very directly, but we have this mobility movement. Um, what do I want to say? Oh gosh, the word is not there for me. Anyways, we, we, we are kind of influence a little bit oh. in, in our, in our practices. Yeah, absolutely. I guess yeah. what we would need to distinguish is like, so, okay, what would, what would make you change it from being a fitness class, a yoga class, a dance class to being a movement class because those are starting to pop up in studios, um, starting to pop up on like schedules everywhere. Like I'm taking a class about movement, 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 this, mm -hmm. movement, that. Like what? what's that about? Have you been? Have you been to a movement class? No, no. But yeah, the ones that are actually labeled like functional movement or that's mm -hmm. how I see them over here in Vancouver anyways. Um, I haven't been, but I have seen a lot of clips on Instagram, I guess is like the best example I could give. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, there's, I guess there's a couple, there's two different kind of categories. There's those classes that are held at yoga studios primarily and maybe other fitness institutions, but we're going to kind of talk to them with respect to yoga that are like this functional movement or this mobility um, practice type class. And you see people, what I've seen anyways, again, I haven't practiced is there's more like crawling and move like movement, not on a yoga mat, um, doing more like primal type movement, I would call it. Yeah. Like you, you imagine you're like a gorilla on hands and knees and just like moving your legs around, moving your arms around kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing I do like about it, it is moving, um, without the constructs of alignment so uh -huh. it's a lot more real world in that way but also the movements that you do are not real world in the way that we never ever do them 
unless I guess you like own a kindergarten and you have yes. to like <laughs> yes you have to like herd little small children and yeah. I, I'm not too sure because neither you or I have been to a class I don't I don't know how much they have on alignment because from what I've seen is that they they do take you through an exercise and there are certain principles to the exercise. So let's say I'm trying to get from this side of the room to the other side of the room and I have to do it with um, three limbs touching the ground. And then so maybe there's like a way I'm, I'm not too sure, but at least the way I would teach it was is that I would like think about making sure that the placement of my foot does feel stable and the placement of the knee over top is never feeling like the knee is weaker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So you, I, I'm not too sure how they would teach it, but that that's how I would teach it. It's just that sensation of like, okay, when you roll to the inside arch of your foot versus the outside arch, or maybe you can stay balanced in between and, you know, find a way to push off the foot, maybe more completely in order to, to start the movement. Um, that That's that's like the principles maybe that, that I would use, but I'm not, sure, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure how they, how they do it. Mm-hmm. I think the the idea of it is um yeah to kind of practice more of those primal type movements um Mm -hmm. which ultimately would lead to what i would think more stability within the body and that we talked about this on the tva the transversus abdominis um podcast episode that you guys can go Mm -hmm. back to um how kind of creating this deeper stability and core strength and Stability within all of our joints in general leads to more kind of endurance efficiency and potentially power. So that's why I see, see it kind of leading to, and it's really like so opposite. Like we see um, someone in the gym or we may be working out in the gym um, and you're using kind of weights or levers that are very fixed and you're doing a movement very much in one way to target something so specifically where this is. Then you step, take one step over into yoga where you're, um, for the most part, not using any weights. Maybe in, there's some classes that do, but talking about regular vinyasa or hatha class, no weights. The ground is the most fixed thing or binding yourself with your hands. Um, and then this goes one step off, no mat, probably no binds. I don't know. Again, I'm not sure about that, but like really just moving very organically, primally integrating fully that um, power, endurance and efficiency with the strength of the core. Yeah, I, I guess one of the things that yoga does maybe better than the movement um, like classes is that we, we would be able to address left-right imbalance much more directly mm-hmm. because you do the same thing left to right. Like we don't, unless you like totally forget, which I often do, um, and then but then I go back to it. You know, if I forget a pose on the left side, then I'm going to be like, wait, 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 put your left foot down do this yeah okay yeah. now we're good you know I, I won't skip it I, I do forget but I, I acknowledge that I forget hey guys we're human got excited um that happens yeah yeah I had a n- another idea about something else I wanted to say okay yeah anyway <laughs> so I, I'm not sure how the mobility movement can address that because if if it's on, my only task to get from one side of the room to the other by somersaulting or whatever I'm gonna push off with my stronger arm no matter what mm-hmm. um um, and, and if I keep repeating that and then I just get better at, you know, favoring my stronger arm, that's the other thing that the gym does as well. Like I actually, I do have a stronger right arm than a left arm. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing bicep curls and I just repeat a few more times on my left side. Um, I haven't noticed any difference. Well, actually I have, my wrist feels better on my left side. It feels a lot stronger. Um, 
And it, that's probably mm-hmm. uh, because of brachioradialis and its effect with, with uh, the biceps and who knows what other fascia things might be going on. Um, but yeah, like I can actually address that in a weight room. I can address that in a yoga room. Um, maybe I'm just like shifting the weight into my left hand more. Maybe I'm doing something repeated on my left side that I'm not doing on my right side, like doubling the side planks maybe on my left side, whereas mm-hmm. one right side side plank because my right hand is already stronger. Um, but yeah, if I'm just like, if it's only my job to like somersault, 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 um, I, I don't know if they're going to address imbalances. So that that's one thing that I would see as like a, disadvantage yeah and maybe they do but maybe we just don't know maybe someone can give us some insight on that (laughs) who knows yeah or maybe they do it in a different way I'm not too sure yeah and then the the other so like that's like the furthest um I guess like you would see potentially within a yoga studio but the furthest thing from yoga and then the next thing I see is um the integration of a lot of um mobility and functional movement in the yoga class so it's actually a yoga class fully using a lot more active range of motion um Mm. eccentric contraction i mean which i would do anyways but more a lot more so than a traditional like think very traditional uh yoga class and you and i do this both like we both do this our teachers do this um but Mm -hmm. where i question because I have, like, I see a lot of these teachers, again, on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I only see the movement. And I and I just wonder if there, because there is such a strong emphasis on all this active range of motion. There's so many awesome movements that are being created and integrated into the practice. I love it. But are they still offering yoga? Like, are they still offering a place to find space? to breathe, to do some at least attention to the breath, if not an actual breathing or pranayama practice at some time? Is there space for that stillness, a little bit of contemplation, um, excuse me, either in Shabbat, (laughs) it's the morning, (laughs) either in like um, seated meditation or rest in Shavasana, you know? Yeah, I, like that mental aspect is such like a huge part of what characterizes the yoga practice from everything. Else. It's like part of the the stress relief part. It's part of like the whole parasympathetic nervous system tie in part. So I, I'm not too sure. Like, is there? Yeah, do they after a movement class? Do you lay down and do you close your eyes and do you just like breathe and let that all integrate? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not too sure. Or do you just like go on with your day? But even like the teachers that I'm saying that are, they're definitely teaching yoga. They say they're teaching yoga and they're creating all these new movements. Um, Oh, you mean within the context of a class labeled yoga? Yes. Yes. Are they still giving that space? Because I also see them moving in ways, which is, um, I mean, sometimes there's a great attention to your body and that aspect of mindfulness. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's just like one little exercise to another little exercise to another. And I'm just kind of thinking, okay, um, I know that from my experience and from reading a little bit about um, the brain and neuroscience and that kind of stuff that like how you move, how you receive information. So how can you place yourself um, kind of affects your nervous system as well. So it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I guess it's a difference between doing like a, a ton of push ups, like in a, a gym context where it's just, okay, I got to get 20 reps out. 
versus over the hour of a class, like doing your chaturangas very mindfully, mm-hmm. maintaining parasympathetic nervous system tone through even a difficult movement like chaturanga, um, and being able to zero in and stay consistently mentally focused on the work at hand. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a challenge that like all yoga classes have no matter what, even if it's labeled yoga and no matter what yoga pose or movement you may be doing like transition or not a transition. Um, because that's like, that, that speaks to, I think like the whole, um, personal aspect of it, you know, like when the going gets tough, our breath naturally speeds up, right? Parasympathetic just naturally comes on up and, and we lean into ways of doing things that we're, I think we're just com- more comfortable with. So if you're always, if you always do pushups in that certain way with that certain mindset, it's just going to be easier for you to do the pushups like that. Yeah. And to learn how to do it with a calm mind, calm breath is going to be your work, right? That's going to be part of the, the whole thing that makes it your yoga. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's this link to breath or this emphasis on on breath and finding like an ease in the movement. But I also don't know if that characterizes yoga as yoga, does it? Do you think so? What what part? Just like finding the ease of movement? Yeah, like is that is that what makes a yoga pose a yoga pose or does that is that just like a component? It's a component. But I would mm. think that it needs to be there in the class at some point. I'd say like at least 30%. This is like super objective or subjective. <laughs> subjective. Um, like I would, if you, you can just tell if you're moving your students and you're saying, all right, step your left foot forward. And it's just like thunk, you know, you heard that like boom on the ground. It's mm. like, okay, let's go back mm. to down dog and like really mindfully, like delicately place your foot Mm. on the floor and it's like um every action has an equal and opposite reaction like newton's laws i think Mm. physics uh so if you're kind of moving with that little not even necessarily aggressive energy but less intentional energy you kind of get that back i feel Mm. so i'm talking about like that's how i um feel about like the nervous system how you move you kind of will get that back so if you're moving and you don't have to be like there's also the side Mm. of yoga that's like super graceful dancer stuff which um is beautiful that's so not in my body but I do try Mm. to like very intentionally place my body and slow myself because I know I can just feel that in my nervous system um allowing me to slow down and it also that slow slower movement and We've talked about this. I'm sure we'll go deep on another podcast. Um, the slower you move, the more you're um, using your stabilizing muscles as well, which is, yeah, a whole other thing. Yeah. So I don't, like, yeah, I don't think that teachers integrating all of this mobility, active range of motion, functional movement into their yoga classes is bad. I, I personally do it. But I also want to make sure it doesn't become a fitness class. Yeah, I guess, and then, like, the lines blur, right? The lines blur a lot, especially, yeah, when, when we move into this, this territory. So, I don't know, my, my personal thing is that I, I am okay with people thinking about my class as a fitness class, um, because I know I offer more. So it's okay if they, they come in and all they get is fitness from me. That's fine. 
that's probably all you could receive at a certain point and maybe that's that's a vibe I gave that's fine um but I think if you were to like really listen to what I'm saying and if you're really to like watch what I'm doing um you would be able to extract more than just fitness hopefully because that's my intention that's why I say the words I say or it's it's why I put poses together in the way I put them um I don't know I don't know it's really hard but I I don't take offense to to being labeled as a fitness class but you you're you're still practicing shavasana absolutely yeah Yeah. a good five minutes of it yeah yeah definitely yeah Yeah, um a question do you do you regularly start slower or with meditation or like supine do you mix it all up or do you go like hey i'm sandy fucking downward dog (laughs) 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 no i I say hey i'm sandy this is power level two chaturanga and hold (laughs) no i'm kidding kidding. okay no nobody starts like that no um i i actually yeah that's what i mean like i start i start real slow i'm a slow start like i'm a i'm a do shoulder rolls start i'm like do little hip things start i'm like you know roll out your ankles um roll out your wrists one really fun thing i've been doing so from like laying on your back legs up arms up roll your wrists around roll your ankles around and then different combinations of that so can your right hand go in the opposite direction of your left hand and then do the opposite with your feet Mm -hmm. and then do the opposite of that and then yeah like I, i just i love doing that stuff i think it wakes up the brain um, I think it brings focus and concentration and that's what I always start with. Um, the pose itself that I start with varies. Um, and then eventually, eventually, because I know a lot of the people that come want that physical activity, we do end up doing like warrior three, warrior two, like we do the, the power yoga stuff, you know, the, the content of it mm-hmm. later on. Um, but the first 15 to 20 minutes, I'm, I'm a slow start. Like I've even read like reviews of my classes, um, and they're like oh she started slow but eventually it got like juicy and it got like deep into everything they wanted um so it just takes me time and then and then I just like wind them down and then you, you go to group nap time shavasana yeah but, uh, like that's yeah. still very, how about you what do you do that's very much like what sounds like yoga class so I was just I'll answer your question in a second yeah I was just um I'd love to look into some teachers classes that do are really really like into um almost like they almost are changing every single yoga pose and creating something different of it uh to see and just to see like the way they move their students like if there is still this attachment or just coming back to the attention of your breath and some mindfulness and stuff like that um okay so how do I teach my classes I it depends on the class so Sometimes in a, I will always start stillness of some sort. I try for at least a couple of minutes, up to five minutes. So whether that is like a seated meditation that I'm kind of walking them through a little body scan or some part of their body I want them to focus on or some aspect of their being or breath or anything like that. Or supine, maybe like supta baddha konasana or... Um, I don't know, very things like various things like that. Maybe they have their hands on their body and just feeling their breath. I'll try to do that for most classes. 
unless I take like a solid five to explain something <laughs> like if I am oh. <laughs> well it usually isn't a solid five but in some of my classes the Y yoga classes I have to go and collect tokens from everyone at the beginning so oh, that us takes too. like yeah. yet a couple minutes there and then I'm yeah. sitting down I'm like okay like I want to start my class at like five after so I take mm. two or three minutes and explain something if it's something newer um mm. like the transverse abdominis or something and then I rarely do start well if I start with breathing I'll do like Nadi Shodana some alternate nostril breath depending on the time of day morning I like that mm. um but I might drop that in beginning or if it's a longer class see one hour class is different from an hour and a half class oh so different so different so so different yeah um and then I'll have people it depends like if it's a class that I know is a power class and I know they want to get into it I might just be like okay downward facing dog do a couple like sun a's or um sun b's like something just a couple times to get them moving and then we'll like we'll kind of go from there we'll hit it pretty good um and I would get them into something strong and then if I'm going to do some of that mobility active range of motion functional movement stuff I'll bring them back to whatever pose we're doing that from and do that with a little more mindfulness so they've had like a little bit first they're like okay like I'm already warm Um, yeah yeah and yeah yeah. that's I I like doing that too because then it scratches the itch of what people expect yoga to be like especially if they're power yogis who have been to other classes and they come in with like I I want to chat like they they crave the chaturanga they want the burn um and you know, I've I've had classes where I'm like, today we're not going to do chaturanga, and people just do it anyway because oh, they, yeah. they want yeah. it. So I find that it's it's pretty useless um, to deny them what they would do. Like they're going to do it anyway, um, and and you can tell those types of people. You know, like they're the ones that they just have a certain type of practice, um, or they're the ones that come into the class and they they're like, oh, you're subbing. Oh well, shit. You know, I'm 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 okay to be here, but like, oh Jesus, please give me like at least one chaturanga. And I'm like, only if you don't go any lower than your elbows, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you you have your shoulder in a neutral rotation, but it's <sighs> a different topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that yeah, definitely, I have been to classes that are more. I, I don't know if they're movement like based. They're just more like physically sequenced. So they go towards a certain pose and you can tell the teacher is just pushing everyone towards that pose. Um, and, and the transitions, the slowness is not there. It, it's like fast paced. It's, it's much more get there, be there, um, rather than be in the spaces in between. And then mm-hmm. notice where you're at when you do land there, like notice what muscles are activated, notice what, what you're feeling. Um, and this is like a level three class, right? Level two, three class. So I'm I'm not too sure. I don't, I don't, it's not a class I like going to because of that. Like I don't, I no longer need that in my body. You know, I'm, I'm older now and my body just wants some love and some care and some slow movement and parasympathetic nervous system wants to be like, I want it to, to have more tone. I, I want that to be the focus. So I, I don't go to those classes anymore, but I do know that they're very popular and, um, for whatever niche they fill, they fill that niche. They, they scratch that itch for whomever that was. Yeah, I would hope that in an intermediate or advanced class that if the teacher isn't t- um, speaking to like the 
attention of their movement directly, at least like dropping it in like once in a while that they have hopefully seen. And you'd expect, I would expect if you are considering yourself like that intermediate advanced student that you are able to move in that way. Right. That's part of it. Like you can, yeah, you're not just like, yeah. See, it yeah, goes, I guess it yeah. goes back to being like everything not physical. Like I'm, I can do uh-huh. intermediate and advanced postures, but like, can you get there with control? That's important, right? Yeah, it's I guess so. And I, like what you were saying before, I guess like you don't have to say everything every single time, um, especially with a, a class of yogis that feel everything. But then, but then what, what's the point of you as a teacher? <laughs> Like, what's the difference between me doing advanced postures in front of you in a room full of, like, 30 other yogis and me doing advanced postures at home with nobody else to watch? Like, the difference is is you as a as a teacher i i came there for you for you to show me something about myself mm-hmm. so i i don't i don't like going to classes like that because i i don't often learn something about myself i don't learn like oh i can activate this muscle i can feel this like i don't often learn it like maybe i do um once in a while but it, it doesn't become that like that that's the but for me that like personally that's for me what i i go to those yoga classes for because those gems of awareness is what keeps me interested if you're just going to lead me to vishvamitrasana that's that's fine but i could have done that at home uh, and, and i would probably not go back to that yoga class i would want to go to the yoga class that the teacher talks about the hamstrings a little bit shows me maybe how to feel the different angles of my hamstrings um shows me what my shoulder feels like and then puts it together in vishmotrasana and then I, I have these little like red light gems these little ruby gems of like now i have this in my arsenal i will always be able to feel my shoulder in this way if I do this thing and that was something she gave me this this or he she or he this teacher gave me as as knowledge you know and I I think I think yeah that's that that to me awareness and teaching awareness to me is a large part of what yoga classes I go to yeah I think that's important to talk about because and I and I'm guilty of it like I have found myself being too wrapped up in the peak pose and um, Mm. knowing that what I have on my list of things to do mentally for this class is pushing the bounds of the time restraint. So it's like, oh, all right, yeah. step your foot forward, da da da, <laughs> warrior two, reverse warrior, da, like, and I'm better than that. It's not that awful, but I do feel like, oh man, I'm not moving them. Like I can tell after I'm, they're just, they're just doing. They're not like the awareness is kind of dropping out, and mm. I probably did that for a little bit before realizing it. Um, oh, and that's okay. Like we all, we all have been there, you know? Yeah. It's all, we all get, I think sequencing is one of those things as a new teacher. It's just like, oh, I really want to be good at sequencing. I want to, I want to be able to do this. And then like, now I'm in my, what, eighth, ninth year of teaching. And I'm just like, fuck sequencing. Fuck it. <laughs> like, like it'll happen. It'll, it'll just happen. You know, warrior two is always going to be warrior two, but what can you, what can you do with warrior two? Like, what can you feel in it? Yeah. What can you, what can grow your awareness in warrior two that you've been doing for 10 years? That's, that's work. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, there so yeah, yeah. I've been there too. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, you just like get a little excited about what you're moving to or even if you that's what I'm saying like even if you are teaching about you can really be teaching strongly about a muscle or about a part of the body or a way to breathe but then the transitions 
are dropped. Like the transition, the attention to transition um, mm. can be, because you're like getting them into the pose. If you're feeling that mm. whatever you're trying to engage or, or create some attention around, get them into a pose. Okay, do this and this and this so you can feel this. Mm. And then okay, plant your hands down or dog, like that kind of awareness around the rest of the stuff can get dropped and that's where it becomes like a little less yoga-ish in my mind when the transitions like really go to shit they're just become like that automatic yeah yeah well that's really interesting because like transitions is like the definition of mobility from one solid state to another solid state right like Mm. from sitting to standing that's that's mobility and I think we should talk a little bit about flexibility versus mobility do you want to take that one flexibility is like your range of motions or your your ability for your how much your muscle can lengthen and then rebound (laughs) if it doesn't rebound it's called injury (laughs) (laughs) i remember one of my teachers having to explain that it's like it has to go back after (laughs) you can't just yeah 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 it should yeah (laughs) hopefully and then mobility, I don't know if I've really pondered like how to think about mobility specifically, but like how your body moves, I'm trying to think of it with respect to a certain joint. Well, I guess okay, we, so I think of mobility is using flexibility to move you through space. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like one, ha- you can think about mobility that way. Yeah, so it has to do with the strength in the tissues around the joint and the um, stiffness or lack of flexibility in the tissues. So your ability to have your ability to have mobility, um, (sighs) you need strength as well to draw against the tissues that are on the opposite side of the joint, which are um, if they do lack flexibility. So your mobility is not just limited to the flexibility of tissues, but in the strength of the tissues that are do the opposite motion. Yeah. Movement. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 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 a little more integrative there. Absolutely. It's like, it's like getting up off of the chair feeling. It's, it's that idea of, you need to have the appropriate glute glute strength to stand up, but also the enough flexibility in your hip flexors and your hamstrings to execute that movement or getting up off the ground. Let's say you're sitting cross-legged on the ground. How do you get up? Right. That's like a big mobility test. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a test of strength and flexibility in, in sort of this like comprehensive worldwide, not worldwide, sorry, body wide, um, system like how you move um and i think yeah that that speaks to the whole thing about transitions transitions are like the definition of mobility if i can't get from child's pose to step one foot forward then then that that's a speaks to a limitation in mobility because i have to lift the leg then i have to put it forward so i i guess with yoga, we just like, we like super, at least you and I do in, in our vinyasa classes, we like super duper focus on the transitions um, as as like a, not a functional mobility exercise, because I, I would say like a lot of the things we do are not like functional that we do in everyday life. Um, but I guess as a, as a yoga fu- mobility exercise, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I were a teacher and I don't teach um, advanced classes at this moment, 
but I do teach power classes, which are pretty strong and like there's intermediate and advanced students in there for sure. So I try and offer them something, but if you're going into a class and you are a more intermediate advanced teacher on the regular and you know, the students that go there are quite regular and you know, they're strong and they can do a lot of stuff, then like step it back and work Mm. them really hard on their transitions. Yeah. They're going to feel so much stronger And you're yeah, gonna you're like gonna feel so much stronger, so much stronger, and bring that yeah. that attention, that mindfulness back. So let, let's give some examples. I actually thought of a really good one that I'm gonna do today because it's so good, and I haven't done it in a while. So malasana, sinking all the way down into your heels, hips between your feet, feet in, toes out, hands to prayer, or whatever you want to do with your arms. A lot of people think, okay, to advance this pose, I'm gonna bind one arm behind and add that little twist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and that that's going to be the advancement of this pose. I, I think the advancement of that pose is lift your butt up, grab your ankles, look forward, straighten your back, and do a crab walk around the room <laughs> in Malasana. That's mobility exercise. Yeah. That's mobility and transitional training, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to do that. You can today, even just actually. like <laughs> walk a few steps. Do it in the middle of the mat. Walk forward, walk back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you can have like a little race. Like, go, guys, go. Go, my little crabbies, go yeah no no it doesn't like I like one day i'm gonna have like the most fun yoga class where we're just gonna play games and like have little races (laughs) anyway (laughs) one day one day (laughs) yeah and then even just talking about mobility versus flexibility so bringing strength into the whole backside of your pelvis that you're kind of stretching out in malasana on your inner thighs and everything by lifting your butt away from the floor so your thighs come more parallel to the ground and holding there and then maybe doing some lift lower Mm. lift lower lift lower from there oh yeah like tiny little um squat pulses almost like you're just like up and down up and down oh yeah that's good i did that yesterday i already feel it yeah i can feel it it right now (laughs) (laughs) thinking about it and then if you're in a if you're in a power class or a strong vinyasa class people like you're doing some movement you can link it to breath like you're it's working Mm. um and you're trying to cue people to get out of the quads and more into the glutes and the the, the generally backside of the pelvis to Mm. do that work because people will just like not engage the back at all and they'll just Mm. like use it with the quads so you can definitely like do a little bit of education there do some mindfulness Mm -hmm. link with breath and strong Mm -hmm. everything's you can draw in the transverse abdominis there to help you out to keep that stable because you see people's butts sticking way out yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really interesting i'm just trying to like think of other things that we could do do you have any other ideas about making a static yoga pose into more functional movement or maybe not even functional because again a lot of the things we do in yoga aren't things we do in everyday life but more mobility related a lot of things you can do with your arms and lunges movement of the arms in different ways Hmm. like just flowing with your breath um and you even have Hmm. that in your standard just like Uh, say you're in a lunge with your right leg forward you reach your arms up and then you split your arms left arm forward right arm back and twist to the right so you're oh yeah i call that the t-twist yeah yeah yeah, t-twist like you're although that's quite common in a class like that is a good um mobility practice in the thoracic spine in the shoulders Mm. 
Yeah, throughout you're supportation. Not, like, you're using active range of motion. You're not levering your hands to anything. Not that that's bad, yeah. but like we're talking about kind of this more active range of motion yeah. to create mobility. Yeah. Like that's just a and, and I think, classic. Yeah, what what you'll find is that when you start teaching these, like these movements are so much harder. They're like, like even if you just think about doing it, like that T-twist that's unsupported, your hands are not leveraged against anything. That's like, that's hard if you really focus on turning, activating transverse to lift the spine and then um, obliques to, to twist the chest and then using your arms against air to turn you. Mm-hmm. That That's so much harder than that palms to prayer, push elbow against knee, knee against elbow so much um yeah 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 exactly yeah 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 there's there's a lot of benefit to it i think and then your psoas on the left side so left leg is back say that knee is on the ground just for like a low lunge example you really like keep the outside of your left hip anchored back and you're gonna get like through that rotation i'm like rotating sorry my sound is like going through the rotation (laughs) that's okay You're going to get a lot in your, in your psoas there by really keeping that. Oh yeah. I can see that. I can see that. So you're like from that more active state, um, finding more length or mobility in your, in your psoas. I love that so much. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that today too. Look at us just planning our yoga classes. There you go. And even just like (laughs) cactus arms, I do cactus arms, um, in a lunge, and then I lean halfway forward and then you just rotate at the shoulder, turn your palms back and you push your palms like into the air to get your, um, yeah, that's internal rotation, subscapularis turning on. Oh, so you have like a little hangman arm? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Cool. Um, thank you for naming it. I'm just like rotate at the shoulder and press your hands back, which is fine. But yeah, yeah like hangman Or arms. like it's sort of like, it's like, like when you pick up a little kid from the armpits and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, their arms are like internally rotated and they're just like, oh, I don't want to be picked up. Or you pick up like my dog. Anyway, <laughs> floppy arms. Yeah. You'll see like in yeah. your body and other people will see it in their body, like one hand's further oh. back. You can oh, do yeah. that again in your warrior three and really push, push, push. And like I can oh. feel because my infraspinatus is tighter on my right side. So I have a harder time pulling or um rather contracting yeah. against that tension so that's like active range of motion oh. mobility i'm stuff. just doing it now after like sitting for a while and like i got like click 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 yeah yeah it's good i know my shoulders go like crunch 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 because my biceps tendon like kind of yeah. rolls around flick, flick, flick. yeah over my shoulder there yep there's tightness there yeah that's okay maybe we could mm. do a little youtube video on a couple of our favorites yeah, and, and I think it's such a good, it, it's like a nice little brainstorming thing, eh? It's like a, a nice little brainstorming question for yoga teachers. How do I make a static hold into a mobility-inspired movement? Yeah. I think that's a great question. So yeah. we'll put like maybe yeah, let's do know, it. between like one to three um, things together, more static postures, how we're using more active range of motion in some part mm-hmm. of the body, and we'll put that into a link in the show notes for you guys to see yeah yeah that'll be fun all right thank you so much for listening to this episode of the yoga addiction if you like the show we would greatly appreciate positive comments and stars on itunes spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts once a month we release an email blast covering all the podcasts and topics we talked about that month to subscribe just visit natandsandyyoga.com you can follow natandsandyyoga on instagram and facebook thanks again